Adam Teicher, this Chiefs team, the team you cover every day, is making their fourth Super Bowl appearance in five years. What's the most remarkable part of the achievement this year in particular? Well, they've done it a completely different way with the defense leading the way and offense sort of along for the ride in a lot of cases. If you rewind the clock to Christmas Day, it's hard to believe this would be a team that's still playing in the Super Bowl. They lost to the Raiders that day at home. And the Raiders have come to Kansas City and they have delivered a Christmas present to all of Raider Nation. The Raiders prevent the Chiefs for the moment from winning an eighth straight division title, and they're going to head back to Las Vegas with a 20 to 14 win. They'd lost uh, four of their last six games, and things looked pretty grim at that point. So it it, it has been a, a dramatic turnaround for the Chiefs. Was there any point when you thought maybe this wouldn't happen in terms of the playoffs? Yeah, it was that Christmas Day game. Um, The the Chiefs lost to the Raiders. Their lead in the AFC West was down to one game. And uh, you were wondering, not only would they not make a deep run, but would they make the playoffs at all? Uh, They were nine and six, and already with two games left in the season, had more losses in a regular season they'd ever had with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. They were struggling to score points, which we're not used to with this team, uh, but they hit the playoffs and played their best three-game stretch of the season at the exact right time. And that tough stretch earlier in the year is why Pat Mahomes played his first-ever road playoff game just this season. He did, and he seemed to enjoy the, uh, the, the challenge as well. It was, it was going to be a great environment. Being in here in Buffalo, I'd heard about it. Obviously, I played here, but not with the fans. I knew the fans were going to be rowdy. It's going to be hostile, but you appreciate the greatness of organizations and going in week in and week out and packing the stadium and being fans. I mean, that's what it's all about. So I obviously love playing Arrowhead, but it is cool to go on the road in the playoff game and uh, be able to come out to win. The Chiefs seem to get energy from the suggestion that they've only been uh, so successful in the playoffs because they play a lot at Arrowhead Stadium. I, I think they uh, took some offense to that. They've been a, a better road team since Andy Reid has been their coach, and particularly since Patrick Mahomes has been their quarterback. They were way better as far as a record this past season away from home than they were in Arrowhead. So they've uh, they, they've done a nice job on the road. It's uh, quite uh, quite a different team the last three weeks than it's been for most of the season. They've uh, you know, really struggled for that consistency, but here at, at the most important time of the year, here it is. It's not an exaggeration to call this period of Kansas City Chiefs football maybe the best in team history. You have to go back to the 2018-19 season to find the last time the Chiefs haven't advanced at least to the AFC Championship game. And this coming Sunday will be their fourth Super Bowl appearance in the past five seasons, a precedent not even Hank Stram and Len Dawson could set. So today, Adam Teicher, ESPN's Chiefs beat reporter, explains how Patrick Mahomes... Andy Reid, and one of the best defenses in the league have gotten here in spite of challenges we aren't used to seeing with Kansas City. I'm Clinton Yates. It's Monday, February 5th. This is ESPN Daily.
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Adam, we're here today to pull on a few different compelling storylines on this Chiefs team as we look ahead to another Super Bowl appearance for them. And in the open, you talked about the team's turnaround. Let's dig a little deeper into that. What specifically changed for them once the playoffs started that was able to help them succeed in the areas they'd previously been struggling in? Well, they cleaned up a lot of the offensive sloppiness that had been a, a regular feature, or almost regular feature, or almost weekly feature for them. They led the league in drop passes during the regular season. They aren't dropping as many passes lately. They were second in the league in offensive penalties during the regular season. They've cut down on the number of offensive penalties. They were, I believe, eighth in turnovers during the regular season. They've cut back on the turnovers. So they've played a lot cleaner offensive game. They're not putting their defense in as many bad spots. They've really played complementary football, and it's been a big difference. Is it fair to say that complacency was an issue for this Chiefs team this season? Did they need some of those losses to kind of give the franchise a bit of a wake-up call? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if it was so much complacency as, as maybe a weariness. Uh, you know, They've played a lot of football, gone deep into the playoffs. Now this is six straight seasons. So they played a lot more games than any other team. And and I think it was just it was uh, getting tiresome for them. They were tired of carrying that burden of taking everybody's best shot every week. And uh, things came to a head that Christmas Day game against the Raiders. That, that's about as bad as a, a Patrick Mahomes offensive team can play. We got to clean if we clean it up, we'll be able to score points. It's just we got to clean it up. I mean, I mean, that's we're two games left. You have to do it, and if we don't, we'll be going home. So I think if we clean it up, uh, we'll have if we clean it up, we can beat anybody. Uh, I truly believe that. Um, but uh, we got to prove that we can do it. And I think that did sort of serve as as a wake up call of sorts for them that they realized that they were going to make something out of this season. They were going to have to. Uh, uh, changed the way they played, and they they have. They've cleaned some things up since then, and it's been uh, a much better product. You know, for all the famous guys that we see in the headlines, I do feel like we should give a shout-out to the defense. That's basically been the strength of this team in many ways and, quite frankly, kept them competitive, no? Yeah, no, they, they have. It, it has. Uh, they've done a remarkable job um, with how they've been this year defensively, and, and certainly they wouldn't be in the Super Bowl if the defense hadn't carried far more share of its load. They they really kept the Chiefs afloat uh, for most of the season when the offense was really struggling. You saw in the AFC Championship game against Baltimore, uh, the, the Chiefs got an early lead and were content to sort of s sit on that lead and thought their defense would take care of business, and it did. Jackson, after a play-action fake, stepping up in the park, and it's City. It was hacked out by Charles Amenahu. 
Amar to throw. Looking to the right. Nothing there. Fires down the middle. Back in the end zone. Oh, no. It's intercepted. It's picked off in the end zone. Jackson, quick snap again. She's trying to push the pocket. Jackson throws deep middle. The end zone intercepted. Intercepted in the end zone. Back to back. Turnovers in the end zone by the Baltimore Ravens. It's been a remarkable uh, season for the Chiefs defensively, finishing second in the league in uh, scoring and, and, and fewest points allowed right behind Baltimore. So it, it's been uh, uh, quite the season for them. On the offensive side of the ball, you pointed out the drops, the penalties, but the problem for long stretches was the wide receiver group. Kadarius Toney figured to have a big role, but ultimately was a disappointment. Mahomes, plenty of time. MVS struggled at times, quite famously. Good protection aired out. Valdez Scantling dropped it. And rookie Rasheed Rice was not totally clicking in this offense. But Rice in particular suddenly took a leap down the stretch. How important has he been to what the Chiefs have ultimately been able to accomplish? I don't think the Chiefs would be here without him. As you mentioned, the Chiefs had some receivers who either didn't develop the way they hoped, and Kadarius Tony is certainly one, Sky Moore is another, or regressed this season, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But Rasheed Rice, their rookie, second-round draft pick, he led their wide receivers by wide margins in catches and yards and touchdowns, and uh, he's been a real find for them. They've... Uh, found ways to work him into the offense with the screen passes where he can run after the catch. He's done a really nice job and uh, hard to picture the Chiefs being here as well without him because uh, he, he's done a nice job. He had a better rookie season stat-wise um, than any other rookie receiver for Andy Reid. That list is including guys like Tyreek Hill, Deshaun Jackson, and Jeremy Macklin. So uh, that's a pretty impressive list, and he he's outdone all of them as a rookie. One of the things you wrote about was his less-than-smooth transition to the league. That's not exactly uncommon for a rookie in the NFL, but what in particular made it a challenge for Rice? Yeah, he, uh, he struggled a little bit. As a matter of fact, right in the middle of a drill, his first practice at training camp, it was... 95 degrees, whatever it was that day, um, he, he, right in the middle of a drill, threw up right on the field. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of the, the the start that he got. And the Chiefs were trying to teach him the offense. And as a matter of fact, their offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy, um, talked about uh, how they, they were trying to force feed him by having him drink out of a fire hydrant at full power. And that's how much uh, information he was taking in. So things were a little bit slow for him, but uh, he came along quickly as the season went on. Mahomes out of an empty backfield set. Turns left, now goes back in the end zone. Tight! Rushy Rice! Touchdown! Kansas City and Rushy Rice now ties a Kansas City Chiefs rookie record with his sixth receiving touchdown in his rookie career. Rob Likens, one of his, uh, his wide receiver coach at SMU, talked about how he's the, perhaps the quickest learner he's ever coached. And he, he Likens... Uh, one of his sayings with all of his players was, don't be soft. Uh, don't give me any excuses, you know, overcome any obstacles. And uh, Rice actually tattooed the acronym there, DBS, on his hand so he could see it before every play because he took that to heart. 
commitment. What do you think the turning point was this season for Rice? The Chiefs uh, really feel like around the middle of the year, he really started to click and they started turning to him more and more often in big situations. They had a game in Las Vegas in week 12 where they were up by four points early in the fourth quarter, third and six from the Las Vegas 39, and they threw him a little short pass. Uh, He was running a crossing route and Mahomes wanted to get him the ball. Watson in motion, they're gonna throw a crossing pattern, caught Rice, 30, angling 25 up the sideline, 15, inside the five, touchdown, Kansas City! A 39-yard crossing pattern, and then zooming up the sideline, Rashi Rice with one of the biggest plays this season for the Chiefs. They have the coveted. You know, they've sort of leaned on him ever since. His statistics over the last six, seven games were quite a bit better than they were the first nine, ten games. Yeah, he has developed quite a bit throughout the season, but, I mean, I'd say he's far from a finished product. How much better do you think he can be, and what do you expect from him in this big game on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, he's he's got some room to grow, there's no doubt. The Chiefs have tried to get him the ball in space where he can do what he does best which is run after the catch. But uh, there's some things they can do with him route-wise that, uh, that so they can get more out of him. And as far as the Super Bowl, yeah, they need a big game. He's been their leading wide receiver consistently down the stretch. And uh, um, it can't just be Travis Kelsey against the 49ers. They need some help from him as well. Coming up, we take a closer look at the Chiefs leader on the sidelines, Andrew Walter Reed. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Well, Adam, you can't talk about the Chiefs' success without talking about their leader, Andy Reid. Well known for his Hawaiian shirts and love of cheeseburgers, But as we've been discussing, this was a unique season for this normally dominant Chiefs team. What stands out to you about the job Reed has done this year in particular? Yeah, it was a different year for him as well. Things weren't going well and the Chiefs had to adjust. And, you know, talking to people about his demeanor, it never changed. He just, he always stayed the course. There was no panic there. Um, and, and a lot of people within the organization credit him and his, his patience, his demeanor for how the Chiefs did turn their season around. So uh, 
Yeah, it's just remarkable being able to see his program up close on a day-in, day-out basis. I mean, he doesn't get any love for coach of the year or anything like that because, you know, he's got a talented roster. He's got a talented quarterback. But, boy, I tell you what, I I find it hard to believe there's a lot more coaches in the league who do a better job on a day-to-day basis than Andy Reid does because uh, this has maybe been one of his most challenging and yet best seasons. Yeah, it almost feels like a foregone conclusion that he's going to have an effective team no matter what, which is a little bit unfair when it comes to these kind of awards. But he does have a way of unlocking the potential of his players. You reported on what might be the best example of that. I'm talking about Travis Kelsey. Because this guy right now, absolute star. Best tight end in the league for my money. Yet that was anything but a foregone conclusion when he came into the NFL. We've covered some of this on this show before, but you uncovered some additional details, sir. What were some of the challenges that Kelsey dealt with when he first came to the Chiefs? Yeah, he, uh, by his own acknowledgement, he was undisciplined, and and no one with the Chiefs will uh, argue that point. He was late to meetings. He was uh, going out uh, too late uh, at night during the week. He wasn't focusing and showing his coaches and including Reed that he was giving everything he could and he had to learn how he could be himself and yet be accountable to his coaches his teammates handling all the highs and the lows and you know he got a lot of um, penalties for he was just unable to control or, or found it difficult to control his temper at times during games when things weren't going well and uh, got some penalties that really were costly for the Chiefs got kicked out of a game at one point early in his career Oh, Kelsey is hot. Now he's ejected from the game. He's out. There must have been some verbal confrontation. He was hot in terms of whatever he said to the official was not warranted. And Andy Reid's not going to be happy with this. We saw the initial flag, and then he continued to jaw. So again, well, he threw his towel up at the official. And that's at right. that point, the official showed him the showers. But now things have changed, and, and it's with that patience we talked a minute, about a minute ago with Andy Reid. Travis Kelsey maybe is one of the more understood p- uh, players in the NFL. You know, everybody sees the, the relationship with Taylor Swift and remember the dating show that he had. My name is Travis, Travis Kelsey. I'm a professional football player for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm looking for love. I'm getting the opportunity to date 50 beautiful women from this God-loving country. Hey there, lonely girl. Lonely girl. Don't you know this lonely boy loves you? and feel like he's maybe not serious about football, but that's not right. He comes into the building and he's able to compartmentalize and really dial into football. And it's really been something to see. We actually did an entire episode a couple of years ago on this very program, but please do share for the listeners how Andy Reid's relationship with Jason Kelsey informed the coach's relationship with his younger brother, Travis. Yeah. I remember Andy Reid talking about his first time meeting Travis Kelsey. It was after a a University of Cincinnati football game. Uh, Kelsey played at Cincinnati and, uh, 
Uh, Reed went to meet him after the game and he talked about how cocky Travis Kelsey was. He said he was calling him big fella and, and uh, Andy Reed just was, was left with that uh, impression at the time. Hey, if I ever coach this player, I'm going to have to really show a lot of patience. And uh, so he did. And, and of course, he knew of Travis Kelsey. Reed did because of he, he coached uh, K- Travis's brother, Jason, with the Eagles for a couple of years. And he called Jason Kelsey before the draft and said, hey, listen, we might draft your brother. Is that a smart thing to do? And, and, and Jason Kelsey, as he tells the story now, says uh, he wanted to make me responsible for my brother. Like, hey, you've got some skin in the game. If this doesn't work out, I'm going to hold you responsible. So uh, just kind of one of those uh, funny incidents where, <laughs> um, you know, Andy Reid really, um, really had to um, uh, show some patience and, and uh, wasn't sure necessarily that drafting Travis Kelsey was the right thing to do. Sticking with the leader of the squad, let's go back to 2013. Life for Andy Reid was far different than it is now. He'd just been fired as the Eagles head coach. What was the state of Andy Reid and his reputation as a coach at that point in time? Yeah, he he was looking for a a different challenge, and uh, boy, he found it with the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs, they won four or fewer games in four of the six seasons before he was hired. The, the roster was really a mess. They had a few good players, but no depth at all. And, and so it was a mess. And he, uh, he came here and uh, immediately turned things around. The Chiefs won their first nine games in his first season. It was a tough time for him. His last year with the Eagles started with the death of his son, Garrett, during training camp, and it ended with the Eagles finishing 4-12, and which was his worst record. And a lot of people wondered where was Andy Reid and how much energy could he bring to the Chiefs, but he really answered that with the way he took over the Chiefs and turned them around immediately. His friends tried to convince him to walk away from football for a year, just to relax and to refresh. Why do you think he didn't decide to do that? As some of his friends have told me, he, according to what he told them, he was more concerned about himself and what he would do outside of football than, than if he had that structure, that 24-7 structure of being a head coach. You know, he's talked about going on vacations before and, and uh, you know, he'll always bring work with him and he'll watch video and he'll draw plays and he'll, you know, go through the playbook and one last time before training camp to, to make sure that uh, it's it just what he wants. and. He had a great line. He said, uh, hey, you know, some people on vacation like to read novels. I like to watch plays. That tells you a little bit about who Andy Reid is. He just feels like, uh, you know, football's his thing. And uh, some of his coaching associates, players, tried to get him to to do some other things, whether it's golf or hunting. And he's, he's just not interested. He wants to deal with football. That was 11 years ago now. And Reed now has two Super Bowl rings in the time since, with the third maybe coming this weekend. This is his 25th season as an NFL head coach. He was an assistant for seven before that. And he assisted in the college ranks dating back to 1982. I was barely born. I mean, he's 65 years old. How much longer do you think he can keep doing this, Adam? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think he can continue for a while. I mean, th- this is what 
not only Andy Reid, but a lot of coaches coach for. I mean, the, the Chiefs are the ideal situation. He's got stable and supportive ownership in Clark Hunt and the Hunt family. He's got a, a bright young general manager in Brett Feach. The two work so well together. He's got a, a talented roster, a lot of good young players on the Chiefs. They've drafted well. And, and uh, of course, there's Patrick Mahomes. And it's crazy to um, think he could ever want anything more. So I, I, I think it's going to be hard for him to walk away um, it, it, if and when he does. It's going to be uh, that, that, that won't be easy to peel himself away from this situation. I think you see where I'm going with this, though. What's your projection on his legacy? What's yet to come for him? And ultimately, where do you think he's going to rank amongst the all-time greatest head coaches, including ones that might have recently just retired? It's hard for me to compare, particularly some of the coaches who came um, before my time, like Don Shula and uh, Vince Lombardi and coaches like that. But, um, you know, a- any discussion, I think, has to include Andy Reid at this point. Uh, he- he's had such a nice run in-, in Kansas City and did a nice job for most of his time with the Eagles. You know, maybe he can give uh, Bill Belichick a run as the greatest of all time. He needs 64 more wins to to pass Shula, maybe seven 10-win seasons, six 11-win seasons. I don't know if he'll stay that long, but um, his coaching legacy seems secure to me, whether the Chiefs beat the 49ers or not. He's the all-time leader in coaching wins for two franchises, the only coach who can make that claim. He coached in 11 conference title games, including the current streak of six with the Chiefs. Really? So you think win or lose, it's secure for Andy Reid in terms of his legacy in the NFL and what people think about him for the duration? Yeah, I do. Um, certainly a win in the Super Bowl would move him into a different realm. I mean, he'd be what, one of, uh, I believe it's five coaches with three Super Bowl wins or more. So that that does move him into a different realm. But I feel like his place over the 25 years is secure either way. Well, last thing I'll ask you, Adam, regardless of how Sunday plays out, this has been quite a run for the Chiefs these past five years, which means it's also been quite a run for you. What are some of your favorite memories from this entire trip? Yeah, it, it's been fun to watch Chiefs fans. It was tough for a lot of years to be a Chiefs fan. They uh, had some teams that weren't very good, and the ones that were just couldn't find a way. They were they were never a full team. They were either great offensively and bad defensively or great defensively and not very good offensively. And they can never find the, uh, the, the recipe for success. And it, it was really difficult to be a Chiefs fan for a lot of years. Uh, for so many years, they refused to go out and get their own young quarterback. They were always, always, always taking rejects from other teams, backups from other teams and trying to make them great players. And it never quite worked for the Chiefs. And then the first time in 34 years, they drafted a quarterback in the first round in 2017. Look how it turned out. So uh, I'm just happy for Chiefs fans that they got to taste. Uh, And now it's more than a little bit of a taste. It's it's like a a full meal, right, Uh, of success because just uh, from covering the team, I know how difficult it's been for the Chiefs fans and to see them get their rewards for sticking with the team. It, it's been fun to see. Fun fact, I know that history quite well because my mama is from KC Mo. <laughs> She's not a big sports fan, but her mother, the late, great Betty Jane Harris, was the biggest Chiefs fan I know. 
Thank you, Adam. <laughs> hey, anytime. I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.